you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's great to be with you on this Monday, helping you start off your work week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate you taking us along with you. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B and J Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show, and we appreciate them. We are planning to open the phone lines up in the last segment of the show. Get your take on some of our discussion today. Uh, we wanted to have um, a conversational discussion on stolen words Mm. and abandoned posts so what happens when words are stolen and then people abandon their post Mm. they just run the (laughs) word the words are stolen and then the people just run and we were talking about this last week and as so often happens we kind of just like allow these discussions to simmer but i think it kind of um was brought back to our thinking um at our local assembly a couple Sundays ago, as you were teaching on God's design for human sexuality and God's design for uh, sexual, biblical sexual morality, which there is no such thing as morality apart from what the Bible lays out. Right. Like there's no way you can arrive at any type of moral compass, if you will. There's not a true North without the word of God. Right. Um, but we were talking about this and then, and, and you were teaching on this, And then you opened up um, for questions at the end. And as so often happens in our fellowship, it's wonderful because it it allows for the teaching to really go deeper. Mm -hmm. Um, So not only are there questions, but then there are also comments that kind of fuel the discussion, which lead to other questions. I mean, anyway, and so one of the comments um, that was made was in the sense of talking about the current cultural conversation that we have on homosexuality. One of our sisters said And I refuse to use the term gay. Mm -hmm. And she said, because gay means happy and joyful. And I just refuse to give up that word. I refuse to to ascribe to that word something other uh, than what it originally meant. And even as she was saying that, I remember um, years ago and talking with Brother Don. And that was one of the things that was really uh, Brother Don was serious about that, that he said he was not going to try to clean up or normalize what um, is abhorrent to God, what is an offense to God. And one of the ways that we find ourselves doing that is by um, taking the terms that we get from the culture and they say, this is what we want you to say. Yeah. (laughs) And then we don't stop and ask questions. We just use those terms, you know, um, and we use those terms according to their new definition. Right. But there is also a step further that we go in culture, which is what the Addisons want to explore with you today. Not only do we find ourselves allowing those words to be um, stolen and then maybe we use them. Right. But in many cases, what we end up doing is just abandoning the word altogether. Mm-hmm. So it's not that we use the word. Right. Right. We choose not to use the word 
but then we abandon it. Like we we're just like it becomes kind of toxic. We don't we don't even <laughs> want to talk about it. Yeah. Right. And so what we wanted to have a conversation around was how we as Christians can be salt and light. And what does it look like in a culture when we allow for words to be stolen and then and or sometimes it's both right. Mm -hmm. Allow for words to be stolen, but then sometimes um, allow for for those words to be abandoned altogether. Yeah, it's it's, it's like it's more than like the words are being stolen, but Mm -hmm. there's more at stake than just that. It's seeding ground to and like a lot of times evil agendas and mm-hmm. and it's being pushed in the corner, you know, by by people who, you know, have bad intentions. Like yes. so not only are these words being redefined into something that, you know, uh, was not meant for it in the first place, but it's also causing almost like a fear or intimidation to yes. be upon those who you know, would not use it in that way that Mm -hmm. it has been redefined or there's a fear of, I'm thinking about like the rainbow. That's a symbol. Yes. I'm going to talk about that. That's been taken and Mm -hmm. you, you, you won't even buy anything with rainbows on it now because of a fear or, you know, of being seen as homosexual or whatever it may be Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. You are part of that agenda, but that was established by God. So amen. Amen. And to your point, When we do that, right, especially when we have something that is eternal and that we are certain, like two of these words here. And of course, there are more words. We could we could do several more shows where we just kind of break them down. But we pulled out three that I think um, at least they came up in our discussion a couple of Sundays ago. So those are the ones that we've been chewing on for the last couple of weeks. Right. The problem is when we abandon these words and these words um, at least two of them that we're going to talk about today, the rainbow and diversity. Okay. Mm. At least two of these have come from the mind of God. No question. (laughs) No -hmm. question. Right. The problem is these things also become tools that we can use to point people to God. Mm -hmm. But because the words have been stolen from us, we can't use them as tools anymore, right? Because we abandon our post. So we give these words over. And at the same time, we then rob ourselves of tools that God has used or yeah. has given us to yeah. use to display his glory, to present the gospel, to, sh- to show a picture of his eternal purpose. Right. Like all of these things that become so vitally important, but we're like, eh, steer, steer clear of that. We can't right. talk about that, Right. right? Right. So we want to get into talking about that just a little bit. And and look, and I'm not expecting that um, I'm not expecting that people are going to go out and buy like, you know, a bunch of rainbow stuff. I'm not that's not that's <laughs> not even the, the aim here. Right. But I think it's important for us to as regularly as we can just recalibrate. Like we need to be able to come back and say, wait a minute, hold on a second here. What did God say about his bow that he was setting in the sky? Like, what did he say about his bow? We call it the rainbow. But Mm -hmm. what did God say about his bow that he was setting in the sky? What are we to take from that? What do, how, how do we explain that to mankind? And, and why, why can we not afford Mm. to give that up? And, and I would say it this way, you know, the kids and I, man, we were talking this morning and just got into a discussion where, you know, just every now and again, 
the discussion will lead to just the, the sobering thought of what awaits man in his rebellion against God. Mm. Like what is the outcome of man turning away from God and the destruction that awaits man. And sometimes it just is, a, um, it's just a tangible feeling that just kind of like, man. And, and the kids begin to think of like some of their friends that they know mm. who don't know the Lord. Right. And, and, and just the discussion and some of our family members who don't know the Lord and, and those things kind of can come to, to, to weight down on you. Right. Like yeah. you're just like, man, it's very heavy. But if you think about that and you think about, and I'm just kind of skimming around here, this is all still by way of setup because we're going to get into some, um, one of my favorite things to do, well, used to do, used to be to do when I had time was to explore the etymology of words. Hmm. Um, I still do that to some extent because I think it's fun to learn how we got the words that we have and how those words change over time. I think that's fun. Um, Etymology, big word, just meaning the history of the words, right? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, But one of the things that when we talk about the purpose for God's rainbow, the purpose for the bow that God set in, in the sky, following a worldwide flood, Mm. wherein all of creation was destroyed. Mm -hmm. And the Lord sets this sign in the, in the sky, right? That says, when I see this, I will remember my covenant. (laughs) Now the rainbow itself is not the covenant. The covenant is God's covenant. He has communicated communicated i am not going to do this like this again right i am not going to do this like this again this rainbow will be the sign of my covenant so what is the opportunity that christians have when we think about the rainbow like what is the opportunity that we have is to to ask questions like and they're so basic right like the the questions that we can ask are so basic do you know where the rainbow comes from Yes, God has taken what is naturally occurring, what he has created. Yes, God has taken those things. But do you understand that there is a spiritual implication to the creation of the rainbow? And yes, you can scientifically understand the rainbow. You can understand the rainbow of um, the sun reflecting through light, uh, through water, right? And refracting, breaking that light. And those multiple colors being shown through the water, you, you can scientifically explain that. And some people who are smarter than me can explain it better. But that's the Mickey version of it, right? It works for the five-year-old. So here we go. <laughs> you can scientifically explain that, but you can also spiritually explain that. Mm. And if, you, if yeah. you remove yourself from the spiritual explanation of it and you say, well, just let, just let people who are caught up in that world, let them have that then we miss an opportunity to remind man, woman, boy, girl, Mm -hmm. to remind of God's grace. Mm. And in fact, we don't leave the rainbow in the Old Testament just after the flood. And and I want to talk about that. In fact, we don't leave the significance of the rainbow in the Old Testament because you'll remember that our brother, the apostle Peter, refers to this worldwide flood in his letters to the church. Yeah. Right. In his, in his second letter to the church, he refers to this flood, but he says that the earth is not going to be destroyed as it was that first time, Mm. as it was deluged with water. He says the second time is going to be with fire. So again, you have this kind of hearkening back to the fact that there was a worldwide cataclysmic flood that wiped out 
all of humanity save eight, except for eight. Hmm. And all of the animals, except for the two by two that came into the ark and that were spared this ark of God's safety. But we can't have this conversation because because somebody designed a flag. And I want to talk about the history of that, because for some people, this will be kind of like just a review. But then for other people to be like, oh, I didn't I didn't realize that that was the history of the rainbow flag. Like, how did we get this rainbow flag? And when you when you read a little bit of the history or if you've ever watched any of the interviews where, you know, the celebrations and, and all of this stuff, and it's, it's very much arrogant. Right. It's very much um, representative <laughs> of what God destroyed. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know any other way to say it except to say it just it, it's a little bit ironic to take your version of a symbol that represents God's judgment on the pride of mankind, put it in a flag and then call it pride. Mm -hmm. It's 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 <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, you know, it's with a high I could be, hand, man. I'm telling you, know? I could be churchy for no reason, but, <laughs> um, I just, it's just, it's, a, it's fascinating to me. And I want to share it with you because I want us to be thinking deeply about these things. Like, you know, when we talk about where the, the rainbow came from and why God put this sign of his covenant in the sky, like you have to talk about what happened before the flood mm. and you have to talk about the continuous evil of man's heart the continuous evil of man's heart meaning no break meaning all the thoughts of man's heart were evil all the time that's that is what man desired to do all the time <laughs> and the lord has sorrow over his creation that he has made man <laughs> i mean this is this is profound when you think about it and yet so often we don't get to explore this because we have stolen words and abandoned posts mm. we just move away we're just like, man, just let them have it. Just move away. So I know the break is going to hit us, but let me um, let me stick close to to. Oh, well, there's the <laughs> there's the break. I feel like the I feel like the music was kind of just like standing over in the corner, like, wait, just wait. And as soon as I'm, like, let me read this, it's like, dur, 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 dur. you know, anyway, probably that's not what happened because it's timers that are set off and whatever. Um, when we get back on the other side of the break. I want to talk about how the rainbow flag became the rainbow flag, how this became a symbol of quote unquote pride and why we as believers have to be very intentional about what is ours. We are believers. So, so we have to be intentional about what is ours and stop giving up words and then running from the post that the Lord has expected us to stand at. All right, Erin e. Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Everybody is becoming something. We're all becoming what we behold. Everybody wants to find their purpose. Everybody wants something more Cause if I'm gonna be more of anything I just wanna be more like you If I'm gonna be more of anything I just wanna be more like you If I'm giving I agree. my I agree. 
if I'm going to be more like anything, I just want to be more like the Lord. I want to be more like Jesus. And, and you think about that and like just the everyday, like practical living, right? More honest, mm-hmm. more faithful, right? Like, like more, <laughs> more reasonable. <laughs> that can be spiritual too sometimes. That yes. can be spiritual too. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and as Like You by Aaron Cole, Torin Wells, and Toby Mack. Um, and real Go quick, ahead. I'd just like to make an, uh, a brief announcement. So I will be speaking uh, at a daddy-daughter banquet uh, mm-hmm. locally here at uh, First Baptist Church in Baldwin. Uh, so if you would like to attend, uh, tickets are $30 per couple, regardless of how many daughters. So. You know, if you have like seven, $30, okay. Some families, that's going to be a real deal. <laughs> For real. And so if you would like to reserve tickets, please call 662-365-5201. And that's for the Daddy-Daughter Banquet happening at First Baptist Church in Baldwin, Mississippi. So uh, that number again is 662-365-5201. What's that number one more time? 662 662- Three six five five two zero one, and I have the privilege of speaking there. So I think, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Your daughters are excited about. Yeah, this. I'm taking my daughters. And they're Let's so go. excited. They, Let's go. They are. I mean, this is you know. <laughs> I'm I'm fine that I'm home with the boys. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I don't want you to think. I don't want you to focus on me for a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's not. It's not about me at all. It's, it's totally about like, what you're uh, gonna do with the girls, and that's fine. That's, <laughs> Yeah, take them. The <laughs> take them away. Evening. Take them away for the evening. <laughs> All right. Um, before I get into um, looking at the history of the symbol, what has become the symbol for um, homosexual pride, mm-hmm. and and then we have to be careful too because even the flag itself is changing. If if you start to look into this and do a little bit of research, you realize that for each kind of iteration of deviancy, you find that there is a different flag. And so there there have been some attempts to kind of like meld these flags all together to sort of just like make one common design. But you've got some groups that are upset because they feel like they are not being represented. Mm-hmm. So because representation is a thing in our culture today, um, each group has its own flag. I mean, it's just it's it's very interesting here. <laughs> but we're talking about specifically the rainbow because they all kind of like try to take from the spectrum that is the rainbow. Right. Take some form of which I guess every flag does that. Every flag has colors. Okay, here we go. Um, But before we do that, though, just by way of reminder, Genesis chapter 9. Genesis chapter 9, I'm going to start at verse 8. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you, with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. It is for every beast of the earth, I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. That's very important. And never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. Guys, Mm. this is (laughs) man. Yeah. So can you imagine, can you imagine you know, getting to uh, 20th century culture and and then saying, <laughs> um, b- but maybe not for this generation. 
Mm. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not a reminder of the covenant that God has made. Maybe not in this generation. Every generation before it, but maybe not in this generation. Mm. Verse 13, I have set my bow in the cloud and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow, when the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Man, Man. this is, this is, man, this is so profound, right? It's so powerful. And if you think about it, to say that we would just kind of abandon that post, to say that we would, that the rainbow would, that God's bow would become toxic all of a sudden, that we're like, man, gotta, we just, we stay away from it. Gotta stay away from that. (laughs) Gotta just let them have it. You know, it was amazing to me, and um, I hate to admit it, but also a little bit satisfying that you had homosexual rights activists upset at Ken Ham that he put a rainbow over the archways, <laughs> like going, going into Man. the ark encounter. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like every, every Christian, <laughs> hopefully, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I would hope I, I, I want to say uh, every Christian is like, but I don't know. I don't know. Right. But every Christian should have been like, okay, no, if there's any place to put it, that would be the place that you right. put it. Right. Right. Like, you know, you want to put it on sneakers and bumper stickers, <laughs> But that would be the place that you put it. That's its that's its place. That's its association. Mm. But 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 the problem was that the homosexual rights activists believe that they now own the rainbow. Right. They redefined it. They like it's ours. Yikes. They're like, like, how can you take it and put it at the Ark Encounter? And <laughs> Right. And, right. And anybody who's read scripture is going, um, what do you mean how? <laughs> how Have could you not you read? Redefine it, you know? Like, exactly right. So, so how did the rainbow flag become the symbol of homosexual pride? How did this happen? Mm. It goes back to 1978. I'm reading here when the artist Gilbert Baker, an openly homosexual man and a drag queen designed the rainbow flag. Baker later revealed that he was urged by Harvey Milk, one of the first openly homosexual elected officials in the U S to create a symbol of pride for the quote unquote gay. We'll get to that community. Baker decided to make that symbol a flag because he saw flags as the most powerful symbol of pride. Mm. He saw flags as the most Mm. powerful symbol of pride. (laughs) He later said in an interview, quote, and I'm quoting him here, direct quote, our job as gay people was to come out, to be visible, to live in the truth, as I say, (laughs) to get out of the lie. A flag really fit that mission because that's a way of proclaiming your visibility or saying, quote, this is who I am, end quote. Hmm. Baker saw the rainbow as a natural flag from the sky. Baker saw the rainbow (laughs) as a natural flag from the sky. So he adopted eight colors for the stripes, each color with its own meaning. Hmm. So he adopted eight colors You'll learn in just a second here why that eventually became six colors. It was a printing issue. But he adopted eight colors, and each of those colors had its own meaning. Now, if you can see, 
okay, oh, man, I, I don't want to be churchy for, for no reason. I want to be churchy for a good reason, okay? <laughs> well, come <laughs> on, right. let's be churchy. Let's, but if you can look at the spiritual implications of what the rainbow represents, what God had destroyed, right? The sin against God with a high hand, the, mm. the pride and the arrogance, and just the representation, if you will, of the fallenness and the wickedness of man, and God wipes out man, he saves eight, Right. And God wipes out man. He spares the animals that make it into the ark. They come two by two. The Lord sends them to the ark. They board the ark. The Lord God himself seals it up after they come out of the floodwaters, a baptism of sorts. Oh, man, read the scriptures after they come out. okay. (laughs) then the Lord makes a covenant with Noah. He puts the rainbow in the sky. And so here you have this man in 1978 who says, I saw the rainbow as a natural flag. Um. Kind of, you're right. <laughs> but you need to read the Bible to understand what it's flying over and what mm. it's flying for right. and what it's, it's actually saying. It's reason, it's purpose. Yeah. What's its reason? What's its purpose? So anyways, he comes up with his own colors and, well, the meaning. He comes up with the his own meaning for the colors. So he has hot pink, which uh, represents sex, red for life, orange for healing, Yellow for sunlight, green for nature, turquoise for art, indigo for harmony, and violet for spirit. Continuing on here. The first versions of the rainbow flag were flown on June 25th, 1978 for the San Francisco Gay Freedom Day Parade, as it's called. Mm -hmm. Baker and a team of volunteers had made them by hand. And now he wanted to mass produce the flags for consumption by all. However, because of production issues, the pink and turquoise stripes were removed and indigo was replaced with basic blue, which resulted in the contemporary six stripe flag that you see today. Hmm. Now, the crazy thing about this is that this man's like inspiration or his thought or his, you know, yeah, I guess that's what you call it his burst of uh, inspiration Mm -hmm. has now turned into the worldwide symbol for homosexual pride. Wow. It was not until 1994 that it became such, that it became this worldwide symbol, but it did become such. And so the question that, and, and I, you know, I often find myself even, even thinking in this, like, you know, what is it that we as Christians think? Do we get to the place where we're just like, ah, we can't touch it. Can't touch it with a 10 foot pole. Ah, I can't get near it. But it's like, dude, that's yours. Hmm. That is yours. Yeah. That is a covenant from your God Come to on. you that never again will he do what he did to cleanse the earth, to wash the earth. Never again will he do that that way again. And when he sees this sign that he makes between you, remember he said to Noah, to you and future generations. So that's hmm. you. That's us. Yeah. Right. So like what (laughs) I don't, but, but I'm going to tell you it's because largely we don't have believers who are, um, and, and I, you know, I want to be careful here. I think it's because we don't have believers who are able to boldly stand on the word of God. Or if I could just tell you, mm, I don't know which one of these, I don't know which one is worse. Okay. Um, Okay, so I'll say either or. It's either you have believers who are unable to boldly stand on the word of God, mm-hmm. or they don't even really believe that that's an actual account. Mm. 
they kind of believe it's sort of like, you know, the Iliad and the Odyssey. Like they, they don't, they don't know that that's really what happened. Yeah. So they're not really sure that they can fight for something that seems like, oh, it's about a goal at the end of it. Right. Lucky charm. You, lucky, see, I, you know? I, would, I would tend to think it's, it's, it's a thing of intimidation by a culture around you who you know, has, you know, changed a definition of something and then repackaged it and gave it back to you and saying, this mm-hmm. is how you use it now. Mm-hmm. I think there, there just has to be a backbone within the Christian to say like, no, this is the truth of it. What yes. we just read. And this is, you know, what we're going to stand on. We're not going to let you do that. And, but we, we've let them do that type of thing. And so it's kind of like, oh, I can't touch it. Can't so touch how it. do you think, how do you think we, um, gain the outrage? Like, where do you think that comes from? Like, how do you get to the place? Because the only way, well, not the only way, but one of the ways I think about this is that when I hear songs um, that people sing about God and they are theologically inaccurate, the outrage comes from, I know him. Mm. He has revealed. So when I hear people singing things about him that aren't true, mm-hmm. It's like I could not stand in a room and listen to people say things about you that aren't true. I wouldn't just nod my head and be like, but the beat's good. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. if I hear people saying things, so my, so in, in other words, what I'm saying is my outrage comes from my belief that I know your character, that I know. So my outrage would be fueled by what somebody else is saying is untrue. Mm. I know it's mm-hmm. untrue. So I'm unwilling to just stand there and say nothing or let them have it. Yeah. So how do yeah. we get that in Christians as it pertains specifically to to this this conversation? Yeah. Where does that outrage come from? Well, I, I don't know, but I, I do think that we have to do a better job of teaching uh, from the word like and reading, you know, about what it is and what it is a symbol of. And if you are a true believer, mm-hmm. I think you will take you will you, there'll be something inside of you that say, OK, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like this can't be hijacked and taken and, and repackaged. Like we we have to spread the word that this is what it is. You know, And I think the key in what you just said is if you are a true believer. Yeah. And I don't mean someone who just says, yeah, I'm a Christian. Right. But I mean, if you are a true believer in the accounts of Scripture. Right. So I think if you really believe that God saved eight people out of the world on an ark that he gave the instructions for how it was to be built. And Mm -hmm. then he himself sealed it up (laughs) and then caused rain to flood the earth. So the deep burst upward and then rain came from above. Mm -hmm. And you, you you have to believe that you have to believe that these eight people came through that. Then God opened the ark. They got out. Right. Right. And, and then the Lord put his promise in in the sky. You, You have to believe that literally. Like, it, you know, and I think that's where people that's the, that's where the question is. Like, is there a true belief that this is exactly what happened, that the word is inerrant? So I you know, I wonder if there's a way and, and I've been doing this with our daughters because I noticed that um, with them. Like when I was growing up, man, we had rainbows and you know, things everywhere, but it was always associated with like, you know, like girly, happy, like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it just, it, there was I nothing. I stayed away from for that reason. I mean, well, right. Boys didn't was... really, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
truly, truly. Um, Rainbow bright. And, you know. Exactly right. <laughs> like, no. And so I found that with our daughters, I'm like, no, guys, we know the story of the rainbow. Yeah. We know that it doesn't belong to sexual lewdness, right? We 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 know that, so yeah. we don't have to be afraid of that. Amen. All right, we'll grab the break. Ugh, we're running out of time. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Where else can I go? So in the late 14th century, gay meant full of joy, merry, lighthearted, or carefree. Old French gay, meaning joyful, happy, pleasant, agreeable, charming, forward, light-colored, meaning stately or beautiful, splendid, um, showily dressed. In the early 14th century of things sumptuous or showy or rich or ornate, shining, glittering, Gleaming, bright, vivid. Mm. You'd refer to a person as gay if that person were dressed up or decked out in finery. This is very, very interesting, right? (laughs) But then if you look at the etymology of the word, you look at the history of the word, the word gay by the 1890s began to have an overall tinge of promiscuity Mm. by the 1890s. So a gay house was a brothel. The suggestion of immorality in the word can be tracked back or traced back to the 1630s, if not to Chaucer. Then it became a slang meaning homosexual. And this began to appear in psychological writings in the late 1940s. It was picked up from gay slang, not easily always distinguishable from the older uses of it, but it was used among those who called themselves such. The association with male homosexuality likely got a boost from the term gay cat. And the term gay cat dates back as far as 1893 in American English for what was then a young hobo. So Mm. this was a person who would work a week on an odd and end job or a pick and shovel job, collect his wages, and then vagabond to the next job. Mm. Okay. So this was the, you would oh he's a he's a gay cat he just he works for a week then moves on to the next job okay a day laborer or a week laborer whatever but then you start to see in um, I guess what would be called popular writing where the term gay cat begins to take on sort of a more sexual connotation in sociology. And social research in 1932 and 1933, you find the term gay cat referring to homosexual practices. Gay cat, specifically referring to a homosexual boy. This is in 1933. So then in the Dictionary of American Slang, the report is that gay was used by homosexuals among themselves, at least from the point of 1920. It is a term that began to grow in popularity in the context of prison or jail. Mm. And then it makes its way out into (laughs) popular culture. And at some point in the history of the word also referred to female prostitutes, not only male prostitutes, but female prostitutes as well. 
1971, it almost exclusively began to mean male homosexual. It's interesting to me that you can have words go on such a journey, right? Now, I, I'm, and I, I'm curious to know how you would approach this, Will the Great. I, I really would like to know your, your take on this because when I, when I started doing, looking at the etymology of the word gay, I thought, I don't have to use that word. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to. I'm, I'm, I understand that people want to use the word. I thought, you know, I don't have to use that word um, as far as trying to take it back. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Right. Just because I'm not attaching it to any biblical significance. Right. So right. I don't have to use that word like in, in a sense to like claim it. Rainbow, yes. You're right. not getting that. Okay. <laughs> You're not getting that. Yeah. All right. Um, however, however, what I will not do and what I don't have to do is use the word to describe something that would seek to cloak behavior. Right. Because I think we need to use the biblical term. Yes. You know, yes. We, we have been given what the term is for that type of activity. And yes. I believe we should say, you know, homosexuals. Yes. You know, our homosexuality. Coming from the Greek word for same, homo. Not, not to be confused with the Latin word, which means man. All right. Mm -hmm. But the Greek homo meaning same. So same sexual. Okay, And I think that when we do this and this was something that Brother Don was really big on. I mean, he he was like, you know, that was that was a mountain. That was a hill to die on. Why? Why are we saying gay? Why are we saying that? We're talking about homosexual practices. I've talked to you guys uh, repeatedly about the book After the Ball. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that was really big that. In this movement, like how you were going to flip America in the 90s, how you're going to get America to get over its issues with homosexuals in in the book, this this big movement that we're starting here. We must have the public never, ever think about what we do. Mm. We never want attention drawn to what we do. So we have to always distance ourselves from our behavior and always point to who we are as people. That's why Distance we don't even talk about sodomy and sodomy laws. And so, yes. Know, we don't even use that term yes. anymore. It's like, but hey, exactly. that reminds of what's going on here. That's right. That's right. And, and, and we are uncomfortable. We have been, do you understand that we have kind of been pushed in a corner as Christians where if you say homosexual, that seems to be the hateful term. That's, yeah. that is the, that if you, if you notice in popular culture, and let me get the phone number, 888-589-8840. You can get in on this discussion if you want. 888-589-8840. If you think about it in popular culture, if you hear people who like, not for any um, Christian conviction, right? If you hear people referring to homosexual, it usually is attached to like hatred. Or like some kind of phobia, mm-hmm. right? Like so. So when you hear homosexual, it's not used as a term that is kind of like neutral that you would just use it to say this is a homosexual man. If you if you hear it in popular culture, it's like you know homo hatred, homophobia, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like you. Right. So you you begin to think, wait, that's not what I, I shouldn't say that. And then you add to that the fact that we've been conditioned in this country. We've been conditioned to get what our um, culturally acceptable words are. And then just use those words. Hmm. So so it only stands to reason that you'll apply that to everything. You'll apply that to all terms. I want to say this and then we'll go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. It's very, very interesting to me that if you look at Webster's 1828 dictionary and you look at the definition for the word gay, it was an adjective 
not a noun. Okay. It was an adjective and it described a merry or a jovial person. And I thought this was interesting. The word denoted more life and animation than it did cheerfulness, that there was life and that there was Mm. animation. Mm. And I think it's really interesting and really telling that this word would be commandeered among people who, if they do not turn from this practice or this behavior, it is the exact opposite that awaits them. Wow. It is not life giving. No, it is not life producing. And we as Christians who adhere to the word of God, we've got to be able to lovingly say that. Mm. We've got to be able to lovingly express that and not be afraid that, oh, I've got to use these words because these are the words that are culturally acceptable today. And I've got to say what I've been told to say. No. And again, and it's not, it doesn't come from a place of anger. It doesn't come from a place of hatred. It comes from a place of love. In fact, I would say, what comes from a place of hatred is to keep silent when you know the truth. Yeah. That's, that's the real hatred. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go? All right, let's go to Marlin in Texas. Hi, Marlin. Hey, uh, good afternoon. How you guys doing? Hello. Doing good. Good, good. Hey, I appreciate you guys taking my call. Love y'all's show. Uh, love you guys a lot. Uh, just real quick, um, uh, the reason I think we're going through what we're going through is, of course, people forget. Number one, you got to trust God, not man. Mm-hmm. And the reason we're going through all this foolishness that we're going through in the world is because people have forgotten that. In Ephesians 2.14, when Jesus died on the cross, he died for our sins. And he broke down that wall of divisiveness. Mm-hmm. He broke down that wall of hatred. And all this stuff we're going through right now, like I mentioned earlier about the rainbow, okay? It's, it's in Genesis, book of Genesis. The true meaning of the rainbow is the promise that God made with Noah that he will never flood the world again. That's why the only time you see the rainbow is when it rains. And people seem to forget that. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to, you know, just kind of chime in on what you guys uh, said. You know, a a lot of stuff, we need to start getting in the word and stop worrying about what man is saying. The Lord left us the Bible as guideline. The Bible is a guideline. It's too easy. You follow the Bible and you'll be good. Mm-hmm. Not what man says, because at the end of the day, we're all equal. Why would I want to listen to you when we're equal? It doesn't matter how much money you got or anything like that. We're equal in the sense that we're all human beings. That's so right. Why, the authority comes from the word of God. I think what I hear you saying, Marlon, is that the authority comes from the word of God, which makes sense. And and this is, I'll, I'll say this, the example that I often use with our kids when I'm trying to teach them about the morality, the sense of conscience that God has put inside of each and every one of us is that we understand that if two of us gets into a debate or gets into a tip, you need someone from outside of you to help with the situation because each of you is flawed and is going to have your best interest at heart. You need (laughs) someone outside of the situation, Right. right? To act as a neutral party to step in and to give order to the situation. And the Lord has done this in more ways than one. The Lord has stepped in and said, I, I am, which, oh my goodness, our kids are learning about that just this weekend. So powerful. The Lord has stepped in and said, I am. Mm. But as it is, what we try to do is we try to go outside of the authority of God. We try to go outside of the authority of the word of God to dire consequences. Thank you so much for your call, Marlon. Willie Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Janet in Texas. Hi, Janet. Hi. Hello. Hello. I am. I thank you so much for taking the call, and I love what you're doing. I'm learning, and I'm also guilty of not using the word gay 
and I'm going to start using it properly. <laughs> so my question is, I am going to have an American flag. I'm going to have a Christian flag flying right under it, or should it be over it? And I want to know if there is a Christian rainbow flag. Hmm. No, well, I, I let me know. say this. The rainbow flag, the, the, the rainbow itself is ours. So we, we actually, I, w- I would say this, Janet, we, we don't even need to make a distinction. The rainbow is ours. You understand? So like the people who need to make distinctions are people who like steal stuff and repurpose it. You know what I mean? Like they have to, they have to make a distinction. Like they have Mm. to say, this is, you know, whatever. Okay. But the rainbow itself, the rainbow with the spectrum of colors, like the, the, the spectrum of, of, of countless colors. It, it, you know, even though we learned Roy G. Biv, we learned that in school, Roy G. Biv, (laughs) somebody's going to upset Roy when you tell him that, but it's not just red, orange, yellow. It's not that, it's not that abrupt. Boom, boom, boom. They, it's a spectrum. So you've got all of these different colors between these colors. Man, it's, it's beautiful if you start to read about it. And I did it in preparation for the show. And I was like, man, Lord, God, you're awesome. Mm. God, you're awesome. So here's what I would say. Um, I would say that we don't need a Christian rainbow flag because we have the rainbow. That is ours. God has given that to us as a covenant, a promise that he has made to us, that this will be a sign that he is not going to flood the world flood the world and destroy all of creation again, as he did in the time of Noah. So I would say that Um, to the question about the Christian flag, I would say, man, our allegiance is to the Lord God first and foremost. Now I, I would, I would yield to um, our members of the military who would tell us the order that that's supposed to fly in. Um, I just believe that things of the Lord (laughs) are supposed to be preeminent, uh, but I think I, I maybe agree. militarily that's probably not the way it's supposed to go. So somebody can call in and correct me on that. <laughs> um, I just tell you uh, where our allegiance goes first to God, second to country. Mm-hmm. Guys, it has to be that way. Now, right. I don't know as far as like, you know, the professional execution of that. I'm going to yield to somebody to help me with that. But can I j- let me tell you something. First to God, then to country. Mm-hmm. It is not God and country on the same line. Right. I want you to understand there's a difference. It is God first and then country. And why? Because blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. God over the country. Do we understand that? That's mm-hmm. that's always got to be the order in our hearts and our mind and our daily living. Now, as far as like how you set up your flag, somebody's going to be like, man, I can't believe she's saying. So you can call 888-589-8840. Um, I'm here for you. Okay, here we go. Where do we go next? All right, let's go to Charlie in Michigan. Hi, Charlie. Hey, um, to, well, it's not actually what I was going to say, but uh, to answer your question, it's American flag, then the flag's underneath. Mm-hmm. Is how you fly it. Um, I yeah. served in the United States Army, so oh, thank you for your service. I was always taught. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the thing that I wanted to say was, I remember the Flintstones, kind of dating myself. Mm-hmm. Fred Flintstones, and they were all singing the song. You know, we'll have a gay old time. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but dabba do. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So that's it's kind of interesting as how things have changed and yeah. been appropriated into changing the, the meaning of the word. But I remember when gay was actually used as a happy and frivolous 
That's yeah. right. No, yeah. You're right. No, and and I man, you know, it's interesting. I want us to continue this conversation tomorrow because we didn't even get to diversity. Yeah, that's and a big one that's too. yeah, that's the current grab <laughs> yeah. that's coming from the evil one. The, that's that's the current grab, diversity. So now all of the Christians are going to have diversity stolen from them and then we're going to abandon the post and we're going to leave the world to display what they say is mm. diversity when really we have the right definition of it. Amen. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. We can kind of go back to the point that our brother Charlie was making. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.